Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. We hope you had a good day and are ready for another great stock market show. Tonight we're going to explore how to identify the signs that fake news is driving the stock market. And as always, we'll look at what is currently happening on the Australian stock market, give you our thoughts, answer your most burning questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in, give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Can't believe I actually fit all that in. Hello, I'm Janine Cox, Senior Analyst here at Wealth Within and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam, our Chief Analyst, and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi, Dale. How are you? <laughs> Rushed. You're hanging <laughs> in there? <laughs> I'm hanging in there. It was a busy, busy, busy day today. Not on the market. That was just nothing to me, but it was just so much to do because I've got to go to flying to Brisbane tomorrow to do oh, catching up. Oh, you. Oh, that's work. I've got catching up with a lot of staff. So, okay. so there's about four of us getting together and doing some training and everything else. So I'm trying to pack. I'm trying to do stuff, trying to get stuff for our students done, answer emails. Do you know me? I've just made dinner the whole bit. <laughs> You've got your croaky voice on, or should I say your sexy voice on tonight? Can I say that? You can say your sexy voice. You, can, you said I smelt nice before, so that's good. Oh, okay. I've been, oh, told, I've got a, I've got I've been told I can't say that in my ear. Oh, you're not allowed to say that. I've got a present for you. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got a present for you. My pink boxing gloves. No, no, no. I've got you this. It's an Allen key. You know I what know it is? I know what it is. I'm, I used to be an engineer, so what? Here's an Allen. Well, I went to Ikea and bought your new chair. So oh. good luck. Oh, fantastic. I'll see you in seven hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So okay, let's get on to I'm the excited. next bit. So that's why I'm not creaking, is that it? No, that's not the new chair. You've got to put it together. So. Oh, so tonight I still might make some noises without involuntarily. Yeah, so somebody rang me up and said they laughed their head off last week oh, after really? you said that. Yeah, they thought that was so funny. Oh, that was very embarrassing. That reminded them of whoopee cushions. Well, that's why I've worn it. I wore it a pinky colour just so if my face goes red, then everybody okay. will understand. Let's move anyway. on. Anyway. <laughs> if you have a burning question for us, for us, remember on the right of the screen is the chat box. So put your questions there. And a big hi to all of those people that are new to the show. And it's great to have you with us. Now moving on, it's the last Tuesday in the month and that means that we take a look at the world currencies. So let's get into a discussion on the market right now. I think that's really good that, that we're doing the currencies tonight, isn't it? So I better bring the currencies up. So let me bring them up. Where are they? They're in, there we go. World indices. Not a bit further. Purple, There's my favourite the colour. currencies. There they are. Sir. Okay, so awesome. There. So you can see there, on, you're working for me tonight, is that right? Yeah, you're telling me what to do, okay. which is normal. <laughs> <laughs> so there you've got on the screen the Aussie dollar and the Singapore dollar at the top there, 1.28% um, up. 
I know. That's for the month. It's all right so for far. the month. That's for the month, yeah. And the worst performer is actually our currency, the Aussie dollar versus the US dollar down 1.24%. So I think there'll be a lot of people staying at home for their holidays for a while. Is that what your take is on it? <laughs> I think a lot of people are going to the be traveling The coronavirus and the low dollar is probably going to help us with the tourism side of things. Oh, look, I think it will. We're going to get a lot of tourism coming in, aren't we? Mm. Okay, so looking at that, you can see the middle of the board. We've got the Australian dollar and the Swiss franc. Uh, the Chinese renminbi's uh, and the Australian dollar versus the Chinese renminbi at 0 0.06. So across the board so far, it's um, more or less... Um, it's an even spread, really, from the top to the bottom, which is really interesting. 1.28 versus 1.24 for the Aussie US dollar. Now look at the year and see. let's see how the currencies have performed so far for the year. Very different situation that we've got there on the board now. You can see there at the top, uh, the Aussie New Zealand dollar is actually um, one of the leaders still, but it's a negative. So they're all red. It's a sea of red at the moment there. The Australian dollar versus the US dollar down about 6%. So I can hear some people who are planning their holiday um, cr over to America crying already. Um, now look at the Australian dollar versus the Japanese yen. That was an interesting one, down 4%. And British pound sterling, Australian dollar to the British pound sterling is minus 3.6. So it's all negative, Dale. Not good news for me. I'm going, to, I'm going to Europe in May and I'm going to the USA in about August. That's why I was going to bring the tissues. I know you need to bring me the tissues. That's pretty bad, but that's okay. I've got, I've got money on a what do you call it? A travel card which oh, I've okay. had for a while on US dollars. So that's just, smart. Well done. I will use that. I got a few thousand that, so okay. I think I'll be using that. Awesome. So let's just have a quick look at the charts there, so you can really appreciate what's going on with the Australian dollar versus the US dollar. Look at our currency sliding all the way down. Um, look, who thought it would get? this low. Probably a lot of people didn't think it would go below 70 cents. Mm. But you know what? The, uh, the RBA and, and um, our analysis said for some time that it could all end up down at 62 cents. That was a real possibility. And we're heading in that direction, which is interesting. So potentially still further on the downside to go. I don't think as much though. No, you think it's done? Look, no. in the short term, I'd agree with you. Yeah. Why do you say that? No, I think just looking at that, I was looking at it a few, probably three or four weeks ago with a really good friend of mine who's a really good analyst that I've been working with for as long as I've been working this with This is a chap in insurance. No, 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 he's not insurance. No, oh, okay. no, 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 no. He's never been in insurance. He used to do all the factoring for insurances and working yep. out um, things such as flow of what how long cars would last, the value of the okay. cars, a whole range of other different things. But he does yep. a lot of work um, on things like the Aussie dollar, the Australian market and everything else. And okay. I was telling to him, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Aussie dollar has got to be very, very close to having it slow and going to start to move up sometime soon. Yep. And he goes, yeah, I agree with you. Okay. It's been going south for so long that it's now due to turn. Mm. So, And I'm thinking that's probably going to happen over the next couple of years. We'll start seeing it. Because you've got to look at okay. the Aussie... The Australian government doesn't want it too low. Governments don't want them too low, but they don't want them too high. And they prefer slightly lower. So ours is not less, not just slightly lower, it's a lot lower. Mm. So therefore they would be working on uh, bringing it up. But if you start getting things, you know, like commodities moving up and everything else, it's going to push the dollar up, isn't it? Sure. So, and obviously looking at interest rates, if they push interest rates up, which they're not likely to do, I don't mm. think, but if interest rates go up, it'd probably go as well. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. It will look, I mean, I'd expect we'd get a counter move back up, mm. but then we'll get another retest of that bottom mm. because this is a really important level of support across here that's been broken. Mm. So look, hopefully our dollar does go back up 
it's you know you're going overseas like you say so you want it to go back up and I, there's a few people that I know that are going overseas um, this year so in, into the US and hoping that it'll go back up. Uh, looking across the, the chart here you can see there's really long-term support mm -hmm. there at around that uh, 64 cent mark so it could um, slip down to that area or possibly 62 but look I'll be interested you're often right so I'll be interested to see whether it does stop there. I'm not, I'm, no, okay, I'll agree with that. I won't say a word. Mm -mm. <laughs> so you allow me to be right, that's okay. what it is. So. Well, look, um, that's the, the Aussie dollar versus the US dollar. Let's have a look. I don't want to say too much about that either. We could get into a bit of a debate here. Australian dollar versus the Chinese renminbi. Uh, looking at our market, same sort of thing here um, in that currency market, down very much similar to what we're seeing on the Australian US dollar. The Australian dollar versus the euro, also has been sliding south, a bit of support here right where it is uh, at around that 60 cent mark. So I'd expect that we'll, we may see some short term support there. Um, you can see all the way across there historically that's been strong, but it may just keep going sideways and there is still a risk on the downside there in the short term. So looking at the Australian dollar versus the uh, British pound sterling, this actually broke a really important level not long ago, which was about 53 cents. So the fact that it's kept falling uh, is an indicator that it could continue the slide in the, the short term at least. And look, 50 cents is staring as an obvious level for, for this, um, for the Australian dollar versus the British pound. Just one more we've got here quickly, looking at the Australian dollar versus the Hong Kong dollar, we can see there it's been in, in decline as well, very similar to the other charts. So it's good to sometimes compare and see if there is any slight di difference between any of these charts to because it can sometimes give you the edge in working out whether one or all of them are likely to continue to fall. Mm -hmm. And looking here, we can see that there is a little bit of a gap on the chart there. So you were alluding to the fact that it, we may have seen the low and it may now start to move back up again. So that could very well be the, the point where we see the, uh, this currency run up to. And then if, if, if it does, then the Australian dollar versus the US dollar, you'd expect that to have a bit of a bounce back mm. up there as well. So that's the currency is covered off there um, briefly. My question to you, just before you go on to the next bit, is obviously BHP, Rio, those sorts of people selling US dollars to the world. Obviously, yeah. um, you know, iron ore, is, uh, commodities are all done in US dollars. Is that going to benefit your BHPs, your Rios and your Fortescues? If it's down, yes. The interesting thing, though, is that you, it's been down for so long. So mm. how much have they factored that in already? Yeah. So you, you don't know what their hedging situation is like um, or what's on their books unless you go into it in detail yourself. Because yeah. what I'm trying to say is a lot of people are, you know, like I'm guaranteeing there's a lot of people watching tonight that are a bit stressed about the market, mm. okay? you and I didn't look at the market till about three in the afternoon because it's like, yeah, I knew it was going to fall, who cares? Yep. So I wasn't too worried about it. So And I'm still not worried about it. But I know most people watching were probably watching watching their phone all day long, watching the market fall on the stocks they own go down and, and getting stressed. But there's opportunity in this as well. Mm. So it's about where is that opportunity because not every stock is going to fall and there's going to be money's going to be flowing. Obviously, there's money going to be flowing in from tourism into Australia because it's yes. cheaper to travel in Australia now. People will stay in Australia because it's more expensive to go away. Mm. I'm the silly one. I'm travelling. So <laughs> what are you saying to people then? Is to look for the, the opportunities, not yeah. panic, actually. And look for the, you know, because with every every negative, there's a positive. Mm. With every, there's always one side and there's another side. So go and look at all those sorts of things. So let's have a probably a bit of discussion about that tonight. 
Great. Okay. All right, now's the time to get into our first email for the night. And this one's from Maria. Thank mm. you very much, Maria. Um, now, we've had to take out some of the email because it was a little bit personal. And thank you for being very open. Um, however, she wrote, so the one thing is um, being offered is CIP.ASX at the moment, which I understand is industrial property an industrial property investment. It's been around since 2003, I think. And, the, and one still on offer is Zip.ASX. I'm leaning more towards Zip as it seems to be improving in overall performance. However, I know it is relatively new and it's only been around since 2013. This is where my hesitancy is, she says. And if I can ask, if you can guide me a little here, it would be um, very much appreciated. So thank you, Maria, for your question. That's fantastic. So mm. um, we'll give you a little background. Yes, that would I'm, be awesome. A little bit of background is basically Maria's been um, getting advice to buy shares for a portfolio okay. basically that's really what it is in simple form and she's going well i don't know which one who do i trust and she is i think she's doing our trading mentor course now mm -hmm. i think and so she's at the beginning stages of learning so it's just well what do i do do i start investing in this or that so let's have a look well it's good that you put it in context for mm. me that does help so i mean for a start these types of stocks i wouldn't necessarily suggest someone who's starting out be investing in this type of share because mm. it can be a lot more volatile as you can see on the chart mm. than you know, for someone who's wanting to really learn the ropes and start off. Oh, yeah, because so they're more volatile. Probably top 50 stocks is a good place to start. This zip is actually has actually done really well already, but it looks like it's on the other side of the fence right now. Mm. To me, uh, just looking at the chart there on the monthly, but um, just having a look there, this, this bar here is February 2020, and the close right now, just I'll expand that up so you can actually see the close there, because every bar on the chart has, we may not have explained this before, but each bar has an open for the month or week or day, a close and a high and a low. So that's what each bar represents. And you can see here that the close for the month is actually lower than where it opened. So that's indicating there's a bit of a sell-off going on. And when you see big moves in price like this at a top, often it can signal that there's, there is a high in. So right now I'm not um, in favour of this particular share, given what it's showing on the chart. Mm, that's fine. I'm agreeing with you. I'm not really in favour of it either. Now, this is a different story. Um, this is Centuria Industrial REIT. The REITs have done really well recently. You can see there. Uh, you can see the nice trend, medium to long term, moving up. Now, generally, we say the trend is your friend. And if, it, if it's trending up, as you say, then it should continue to do so until it tells you otherwise. But right now, it's still looking a little bit stretched to me. I think it could go on uh, maybe for another 20 cents or so to around the $4 mark. However, mm. right now, if I wasn't in it, I wouldn't be looking to buy it right now. I'd be no. waiting until it had a bit of a pullback. thing is, Maria, I think what you need to do is, is uh, and I was saying this to Jim Beach, um, uh, yesterday when my interview is went up today actually but um, I said look there's times to buy there's times to sell and there's times to sit on your hands right now time to sit on your hands and that's pretty much what it is because the market's in a bit of flux at the moment it's a bit volatile so uh, you don't always have to be putting something into your portfolio so obviously these two stocks we're not suggesting they're going to be um, ones that you probably could be building into your portfolio so just sit back and wait you don't have to do anything um, it's not going to cost you anything by not buying, and that's really what it is. If you buy too early, then you might be buying and then catching a falling knife like we talk. Not that these ones are falling knives, but we're just saying that if they go down, then you'll be disappointed that they've gone down after you bought them. So just take it easy. Yep. 
that's um, a really good comment. So, looking at the the one you've got, actually, we've got another one there too. We do have another one. This one's from Phil. Yeah. Can I can I read it? Go out? for it. I can mm. read it. Out. Um, Phil says hello. There there is ongoing talk about the legislation of cannabis, and some progress has been made to to utilise it in the medical field, which is good to see. Do you believe now is a good time to invest into companies involved in in this field as the laws begin to loosen surrounding this plant? Um, thanks, Phil. Phil, pretty much it's. It doesn't matter to us. Jolene and I don't really care what's going on in the legislation and everything else because everything we get comes from the charts. So we would look at the cannabis stocks, the actual stocks themselves, and forget about everything else around them in terms of what the government's doing and the fundamentals around them because the, the actual chart will tell us whether people are buying it and the liquidity of it and whether we need to get into it. So whilst it's good to do your research and please continue to do the research, um, to me... We just treat cannabis stocks just like any single other stock. Same with artificial intelligence and robotics or whatever it is. We'll treat it exactly the same. We don't mind. Uh, you, on the charts that you see on the screen, you can actually see a stock code on them and you can also see a name. You can take those off. We don't care. Um, it still wouldn't change what we would do with those stocks. I think is, that's probably a good way yeah, to say Yeah, that's a really good way of explaining it. Yeah. Mm. So, again... Um, great that you're doing the research. Love it's, that you are doing your research and you're looking into it. I think we're way overdue for having cannabis into the medical field and also lots of other applications. You know, if you go back 100, 200 years, cannabis was used all the time to help out um, people with their health issues and everything else. It's the big pharmaceuticals that stopped it, basically. So I the think interesting the thing is, it, though, that people get they fall in love with a story, and so mm. you've got to really be careful about that. Mm. So. They easily, with marketing and with um, you know articles that are out there promoting these different um, mm. medical treatments. The problem with that is that if you actually fall for that and then you go and buy the shares without having done your research mm. in terms of the chart and what's happening with the price, or you buy it in an IPO and there's no real history, then really you're exposed to all of the moves in the market, a bit like a cork in the ocean. Really. Well, Betty, mm. it was about a year ago maybe a little bit longer than that. Everybody was talk, trying to talk to me about lithium. Oh, lithium, yeah. lithium, lithium, and lithium. And hasn't that died and out I go, And every time I said, had someone said, yeah, but there's other technologies already invented mm. that's much better than lithium that's there. They're just waiting for it to come out and, mm. and do it. Now we've got graphene coming out, and I've had people talking about graphene and graphene, 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 because mm. it's used in batteries now. Yep. And they're just releasing the graphene batteries. So by the time you hear of it, Pretty much it's already gone, and that's pretty pretty much what happens. But mm. again, you, 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 it's about what we're talking about tonight is what's fake, what's real. Mm -hmm. um, and again, stick to the top 50, top 100 stock. So, But how about we move on? I think we need to get into the chat now. Cool. Let's get into the chat. Here's some stock codes here. So you type okay. those in because I know we had a few comments and questions. And we've got one here from Jacob who says, when the newspapers are saturated with articles about the coronavirus, um, that's all we've got. So I would expect them to be saturated with articles about the coronavirus, but it still doesn't change how we trade it, Jacob. I'm, I'm not sure what your question is, um, but I know there would be today and yesterday, etc. Um, Todd's saying, G'day, Dale and Janine. Looking forward to another great show. Love the topic. So much fake news about. Not, not worried, um, as you always give the advice on trend, not panic. Is energy sector still okay? So we'll talk a bit about the energy sector. Um, Georgia says, I've heard Dale talk about a 10% drop. Could today's fall be the start rather than March time frame? Yes, George. Remember on, on what I was talking about and even in yesterday's report, uh, and something I've been talking about for the last six or eight weeks, I was looking for the high somewhere between mid-February, mid-March um, and starting to fall maybe 8 to 12% ish. It could go to 15%. Just depends. Um, but 
the coronavirus might be the catalyst for the fall, but it's irrelevant to Janine and I. We were already expecting it anyway, and, and you know, we were talking about this in December and you know, that where we thought the market was. Actually, I think we were talking about it a lot earlier than that, weren't we? Yeah, I Probably. mean, you, you were expecting the market to turn in, what, January or February, but yeah, I was talking for feb a number mid-February to mid-sort of, sort of yeah, yeah, mm. and it just kept going a little bit mm. longer. So um, right now, it's nothing unusual, matey, so it's fine. Just keep your stop losses on your stocks. Make sure you have your exit strategy. Um, David A saying, I've really got to stop looking at the market so much. Got stopped out and then it bounced up. <laughs> Reactive trading, Mr. David. So, yeah, please. That can happen, though, can't it? i got a saying. I want to create a new saying, okay? You can tell the sign of the best traders by the amount of time they don't look at their phone at the stocks. That's interesting, isn't it? The best traders, mm. like like seriously, I you can grab my mobile phone any time and you will not see a stock market app on it ever. There you go. Because I don't really care because the more you've got it on your phone, the more you look at it, the well, more you know what your you rules get. are, so you know that you're yeah. going to make decisions in, yeah. after the market's closed. Correct. So yeah. that's what we're doing. So I'll probably a couple more comments here because they're really good comments, these guys. So um, somebody asked about the blue bars and I think somebody answered what the blue bars are. Um, M. King saying, same here, David, still learning, but it's not always going to bounce back like today. That's correct. Um, David, 100% got to learn, but might take, might make it harder to put the stop loss next time. No, you, you really do need to work on your stop losses, matey. That's, to me, the hardest thing you'll do is take the first loss. Um, and then after that, everyone gets easier and easier and easier. Janine and I just sell. If we have a loss, we have a mm. loss. But statistics means... The statistics we do that over time will make a hell of a lot of money, so that's what we're about. But do you want to have a look at a stock and then I'll APX. go into the rest of that's it? That's so, William. So Good choice, me, actually. William. So William's saying, hi, Dale and Janine, could I please have your thoughts on APX? It reported that they fell 10% but had a quick recovery. Now, what does that tell you? It tells you that um, it's an overreaction, yeah. generally. Mm. But it's interesting that you've cho chosen this stock here. And you can, can see a huge you again? gap. Yeah, can I interrupt you again? Go. Yesterday, the ASX launched a new index okay. for technology stocks, and Appen is one of the top ten stocks in there. Fantastic! So you think that might have got a bit of um, there might have been a bit of excitement about it? I or? don't know, but I'm just saying it's just, they did it yesterday. I don't know the, the code for it yet, um, but they launched it yesterday, so they've got the technology and other stocks. But they've been trying to get an index like that for, for ages. So. Well, yesterday it was actually a non-event for this stock. Mm. Uh, so you wouldn't necessarily say that it's given it more exposure to help people buy it? No, I don't think it's yet. No. I think it will. That's the whole idea is to highlight some of these technologies. I'm excited about the companies. pattern that I'm seeing on the chart, even though Me it's too. been down. Mm. If this stock holds where it is, then mm. it could really take off. If it falls, then even better. If it t takes out this low again in January 2020, then we'd likely to see a bit of a move down, which would be a fantastic thing to see on this stock if you're not holding it, of course, uh, because then it sets up for a really great opportunity going forward. But you can see the angle of the long-term trend all the way up there is really nice. It's really hugging that angle. And at the moment, the, the close, um, after it rebounded today, it traded all the way back up to the top of its weekly bar, which is a really positive sign for the stock. doesn't mean that it will stay up there towards the end of the week, though. I have seen some shares where they trade all the way down and then back to the top of the bar, and during the week or the following week, they're back down to the middle of that range. So something just to keep an eye on, an, an important trail that... If this, as I said, if the stock trades back below here, it's going south. If it heads back above 22.92, then I think it's going to new highs. So that's APX. Now, um, James Hardy's the next one, and that was Caleb. That's I think, Caleb. That so I'll that go, one. go and read Caleb Have a look at his you. question. 
Caleb says, um, hi Dale, happy student of your trading mentor course. Fantastic, matey. Um, wondering what you think of James Hardy, EPS growth in double digits, but have I missed the run? Now James Hardy had a real checkered mm. history, didn't it? Uh, with the asbestos uh, mm. saga that happened and just horrid um, in terms of the, the history there, but it's recovered really well from the GFC. Um, and then it did have another correction here in April 2018. So the way that it's unfolding is really orderly, I would say. But more recently, it's gone vertical. Now, when a stock goes vertical, we often call this as a bit of a blow off. The price has just blown um, sky high. And often when that happens, it can go up for another few months. So here it's been up for about a year now. And it, it could go up for another few months before we see it take a bit of a breather. Uh, if it's not doing so already. So I'll just have a quick look at the weekly chart there. You can see there the, the sell-off this week on our market has really pushed it lower. So you can see the red bar there means it's down. So it means that the higher the bar is lower and the lower the bar is lower, it's pushing south. But there is a bit of a gap there. So it may hold around this level. The, the, the sellers are really um, not wanting to push it out in droves just yet. So if this level around 27.76 was broken, then I'd be saying to you it's more likely to trade on the mm. downside. Mm. So that's James Hardy, a bit of a wrap up. Do you want to do an, uh, another couple? I'm, I'd like to do four. Uh, if we you can want to do another one. You want to do Coles for a man. Okay, uh, Cole. I think we've talked about Cole on the show before. Not a lot of history we talked around, about. Can I do his question before yeah, you go Yeah, please on? do. Because I'm sure he, he spent a lot of time typing it. Has he got a specific it. one? He does. He spent a lot fantastic. of time typing Thank and a lot you, of thought into it. So, Aman, I'm sorry that she's rushing on. Um, she says, hello, Dale and Janine. Hope you guys had a great week so far. Yes, we have. I bought Coles at $16 on the dip about two weeks ago. Okay. Any insights of where Coles are heading for the medium term? Okay, so we bought it on a dip a couple of weeks ago. Now, Maybe in here, uh, that was a couple of months ago, yeah. where it What's dipped, so I'm not really sure. Uh, looking at that, we can see that it's gone up really strongly and then wiped out everything that it's made. I'm looking at this stock saying, well, how would you have bought it? Mm. Not really sure. I mean, there may have been a rule there on the monthly chart, Resist resistance broken there. But, you know, this is why you really need to be testing the rules on a stock, even coal that doesn't have a lot of history. Mm. You can still test that stock on the on the weekly chart and at least understand what's happening. I'd also have a look at Woolies. For anyone who's a trader and, and is analysing yeah. shares, have a look at Woolies. There's much more history on the stock that you can really appreciate the longer term direction on the share. And often these um, have moved re relatively close to closely or more recently they have. So Yeah, I talked about these two yesterday on my market report. So okay. if you haven't watched it, watch that. Yeah, I, I'm fantastic. not sure whether I brought them up. I can't remember, but I did talk about them. I know that because I had a okay. question. Right. I remember that. That should but, help. Um, I have no idea why you bought. It's just there's no rules for me to say buy um, two weeks ago or even today. And right now I think it's it's heading south at this point. Yeah, time, look, so. it did gap down last this week. So mm. there could be it might it go down bounce. for another week. Could could bounce. Uh, it could bounce first and mm. then go down. So yeah, we need stop to stop losses, at that. matey. Stop losses. That's all Definitely. I can say. If you don't know how to do them, buy my book, Accelerate Your Wealth. Get on the website. Get it now. Okay, I think we better move on. Oh, can we move on? Well, you're you're, you're in control of the doodah thing. And I'm saying you're up. Oh, okay. I'm up. Sorry, I better concentrate. Um, I've got a special announcement to make. Fabulous. I'm, I wait, I'm just sitting here in bated breath. <laughs> and you don't really know anything much about it, do you? You really haven't. I haven't seen you to talk to you about it, actually. But tonight, uh, or my announcement is that in a couple of weeks, I'll be doing a live presentation 
right here in Melbourne, wow. um, in the city of Melbourne. So I thought you refused to do those. I did. I, for oh. 10 years, I've refused to do them all, but because um, um, it really is rare for me to do um, events because I stopped doing keynote speaking. I think the last one I did keynote speaking or main speaking for anybody else was 2008. Seven, eight, eight, two thousand eight, or early two thousand and nine. After that, it's very rare for me to do them. Um, but um, the, but what happened was the Victorian president of the Australian Technical Analyst Association, who's a great friend of mine, um, he asked me to come and have a talk to their members. And why I'm mentioning it here because what's exciting for everybody watching is you can come along. That I asked him, can I invite you? And he said, absolutely, invite him along to, to, to watch you. So the presentation is on Thursday, the 12th of March. So it's a couple of weeks away. So this Thursday, it's two weeks, I think. Cross my fingers. Yep. Um, it's going to start at 6 p.m. And most of the stuff at 6 p.m. is sort of a, bit, a little bit of formalities and they've got some other is speakers. Is it 5 p.m. it starts? Um, well, there's some stuff going on at 5 p.m., but I'll, I'll have to send. It was too much to talk about tonight. Okay. Um, so, but there's lots going on. But from 6 p.m., the formal sort of stuff starts. Look, the a, main thing is that they're there to see you, really, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, they can buy me a beer <laughs> uh, from that point of view. Um, and uh, I'll be actually be on from 6.45 to 8 p.m. It's going to be at the Ibis Hotel um, near the Queen Victoria markets and I think Jack's putting a graphic up there for you anyway to let you know that so put that in your calendar if you're in Melbourne if you're interstate the answer is no I'm not speaking interstate and I have zero <laughs> intentions of speaking interstate so don't ask it's not worth the while for, from our point of view but if you're interested in going to the event live um, and to catch up with myself there send us an email uh, with your contact details and we'll send you all the information on the night and what you need to know. Now, whilst I'm not 100% sure what I'll talk about because I'm going to talk to Janine about what I could be talking about because um, she's always got some great ideas. I know it'll be a super fun and entertaining night and you get to hear all my um, funny jokes. So get the details by sending an email through to infowealthwithin.com.au and title the email live presentation and remember to put your contact info into your email and we'll suit you at the details. So... I'll catch up with you on Thursday week or Thursday two weeks I'm sure or whatever that, it is. I'm sure they'll be breaking down the doors to come and catch well, up with you. I well hope so. <laughs> <laughs> they should. Okay, um, now's the time to get into our subject for tonight's show and that is that Dale and I will explore how to identify the signs that fake news is driving the stock market. So firstly, what is fake news? Well, in 2016 in Macedonia, some young people created a whole lot of fictional stories to drive traffic to Facebook so they could make money from the advertising. It was all around the US election campaign. What better topic to pick? <laughs> and the stories weren't fake news, so it is said, but they worked. What does that say for human behaviour, the fact that they got so much traffic following the stories? To me, how people respond is the scary part, not the news. Now, Hillary Clinton referred to the term fake news in her speeches prior to the election, but it was actually Donald Trump, as we all know, who took the term and ran with it after the election win. Now, Trump's presidency may have made it um, a headline, however, the dissemination of stories or opinion to drive stock markets isn't something new. We can go right back to the early 1900s to see that and probably back to the 1800s oh, when markets been. were um, going. So, um, so that's interesting, isn't it, that we can go back so far in time and still see the same behaviour? Yeah, it's all that. Like, I mean, we've all called them Chinese whispers. We've talked, you know, you, you know the, the boiler room talk or the, the water cooler talk mm. and all of that sort of stuff. So you get that so often and get a lot of fake news and you get a lot of fake news on chat forums. 
Um, that's a, that's probably the most right place for it, I think, nowadays. A lot of people go to chat forums and there's a lot of fake stuff on there that is not relevant to you. But given we are on the subject of Donald Trump, Okay. Um, I actually wore a red tie yesterday and I felt like Donald Trump oh. um, for my for my report. So if you look at my report yesterday, I've got this Hang nice on. red tie. Just have to check. I need no, to flip, still your hair. Flip, flip my hair. I That's haven't got good. enough hair. He's got more hair than I have. <laughs> um, but, but we can look back and see how fake news was driving the markets around the time of his election. And I remember so many people, you know, like the, there's an article like the one in Politico that read uh, or that, that read a Trump win would tank the markets, was influencing people to believe that the US market would implode if Trump was elected. Now, people were calling um, into us in the office mm. asking our opinion, saying, oh, if Trump gets in, should we be selling our shares? Should we be doing this? Now, people had no knowledge and no idea what they were doing, were fearful that Trump mm. would get into power. Uh, and so much so, they were actually selling their entire portfolios. And that yep. was four I years ago. That, that mm. was four years ago. So this year is an election year in the US. Yeah, that's crazy, um, isn't it? Time's just flown. Oh, Shortly after the election result was announced, the market rallied hard. And funnily enough, investors decided a Trump win was a good thing. CNBC headlines read, Dow closes up 250 points. Financial surge after Trump election upset. Doesn't surprise me mm. at all. So look, I think um, we should have a look at the Australian and US markets in 2016. And you can see on the chart that our market did fall into November well, 2016 after the Trump win was announced. But the point is that the chart was indicating the market was more likely to rise than fall in the lead up to the election results. So let's have a look at that, shall we? Let me All have right. a look at it. You're my operator. I'm your op I'm the smooth operator. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right then. So let's have a look at. Let me we're go looking then. at the. Do you want the Dow or the, or yeah. our market? The, our market to start. Let's go to our market. So where are we going to? All right. Dow? In 2016. Keep going to keep your going right. To me, get, let me get rid of this. Stuff okay. On there the we chart. go. Let me go and hide some stuff so it's a bit easier to see. Yeah. You're telling all your secrets there. So there's 2016. So here is. Just remove the lock from the top right. Okay, that's April, top right. So you've got, I? yep, that dip where you were right where the outside down a bit. Down There's bit. November. That's November 2016. Now, the thing that's interesting for me is mm. that we'd already had a correction on the market. Now, hopefully I've got this um, tool here. Here we go. Yeah. Um, you got my little PRP tool up there? Yeah, just click on the PM bit. I just. Okay. It's not my usual tools here. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've got a new computer, guys, so, so we're trying to work it out. Okay, so 20% decline on our market. We'd already had that. We know that our market will experience declines in the order of 20% every approximately four or five years. Now, looking at our market after that, it started to rise really strongly. Notice how the whole sentiment looked different. The monthly bars were seeing closes to the top of the bar. The market pulled back a little bit here in June 2016 in the lead up to the result. The market was pushing higher, even though there was all this negative talk about what Trump's result was going to do to the election. And mm. um, Hillary Clinton was the right thing for the stock market. This was in um, the US. They were talking about that constantly. And then the next thing, the, the market started to fall away as we got closer to the result. And when the result was announced, it just plummeted and then reversed straight away. So all of those people... too much, though, did it? Yeah, so the people who were selling were the little people because that didn't move the market in any sort of a big way. Yeah, it was um, mum and dad's, and mm. it? That was really was... That was where it was, they knew Trump was going to get in pretty much. Yeah. 
Well, they were a lot, quite confident of it at that stage. So that's that point. But that's where the, the big entertainment kept pushing it. Saying Trump yeah, and all the articles market. that were coming out, and it was just to get people mm. to sell their stocks because these mm. people know that the big thing in the market is the word uncertainty. Mm. So as soon as you see anything in the market, whether it be the coronavirus, an election, whatever, that creates uncertainty, mm -hmm. you have to stop and get your little sensors going mm. and think, right, this could be an opportunity for me to make some money if I'm um, savvy about this and I don't get caught up in the emotion of all the stories. You could spend hours reading on all the stories and it's not going to really help you at all. Um, so this is what happened and look at our market. It just went up and up and up after mm. that. And eventually we had another pullback and that was in 2018. We all remember that and one. that was a 20% pullback. Oh, that was a 15.5 oh, I think on that one. That was close. And so look, you know, it was in that order anyway. So let's have a look at the Dow. Mm, let's have a quick see look what at the Dow. Dow did. So if we click through to the Dow, Dow um, now I'll bring up the monthly chart again so we can see that. So this is the Americans and looking at what was happening on their market. So we, we'd seen that the Fed decide that they were going to actually um, make some changes and that actually caused the market to move sideways for quite a while and it started to fall away. Now, as we're getting closer and closer to this to the election, the market was moving up. Look mm. how bullish it looked. It was actually more bullish than our market going up. So this market would have told you, if anything, that that was fake news and that the, the market was actually going to go mm. higher rather than lower. These are the sorts of things that you've just got to be so mindful of in the stock market. Yeah, I think to us, like we talked about last week, you know, three signs of the market's topping. Yes. The media gives us signs that the market's doing something as well. So when you're talking about mm. this fake news and you're talking about uncertainty and or the market will rise forever or the market will fall forever or whatever this doom and gloom stuff is, that's telling you something pretty much. And it's pretty much telling you to do exactly the opposite of what they're telling you to do. Or what they're what they're putting but out. But that in the doesn't media. mean just go out and buy a heap of stocks that are falling right. if they are falling. Correct, but it's it's almost a, that's the contrarian view. And mm. often um, when media interview Jen and I, and we're chatting about this earlier today, you know, they're going, um, they they ring us up and they go, the market's fallen one percent today. You know, oh, is it mm. melting down now? We went, no, no, it's just having a rest. It's going back up next week. And they're like, what? And I go, well, in the last three months, it's gone down one percent about twenty times. Yep. But, you know, what's the difference today? Just as because soon as it gets up around 1.5%, mm. that's when they really grab it and yeah. run with it. Yeah. And, and, and they it don't happens. like us saying that sort of stuff because mm. they also want us to tell them why. Yeah, well, we sit there saying, well, it's because the market's due for a low. It's, mm. it's cyclical. And so there is a low due. It doesn't really matter what happens. But then, like you say, they want us to say, well, all right, can we just say that it was the coronavirus then? Mm. Uh, that's yeah. I've seen some reports come out actually yesterday and today saying that the you know investors are actually it's the coronavirus that's causing the market to correct well hang on the coronavirus has been around for months now and mm. it it's the world health organization said that the coronavirus would get to a peak three to four months out from when it first appears mm. so we're in the zone for that now so we should start to see it peak mm. and then eventually level off in a month or so mm. The thing is, is when you look at the big end of town, all the analysts, and I call them the talking heads, and I did a podcast on this that will probably come out in the next week or two, they're very short-term focused and daily focused in yeah. the big end of town. They're not; they're no more concerned with why something's happening, not not how to deal with it. Yeah, but why is that? Uh, because what they're trying to do is the big end of town make the most. They they're pushing the mark around to make little bits. They're not in about 
they're not into buy a share for an investment. An investment is something that you create value from where you actually buy a low, sell it high and have value when you're investing it. They're just trying to take little profits and make yeah, bits so of money. Yeah, so you're talking the money where they're not putting it in in the market overnight. They're just putting it in during the day and they're just yeah. trying to get some movement during the day. Correct. So we've had a few people saying, hey, oh, this thing dropped and then it bounced today. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. They get in yeah. early, they sell out really early, push it mm. down. And then when every mum and dad go, oh my goodness, I need to sell, they start mm. selling and then they're, they're big in the town and start buying again. And they make you know half a percent or one percent on ten million dollars, and mm. that's a fair whack of money, or yeah. hundred million dollars, whatever like it is, it. Mm. more like it. So it's not playing those games with these people and, and really sitting back because they have that view. They're not really interested in helping you out because how they make their money is by trading and, and making some money and using that news to their benefit. So you don't. But in, to in reading the, the news, news mm. lately, I mean, they have just bombarded everybody. Yeah. Again, with all the stories coming out, it was starting to get, as soon as they started to talk about our reporting season and that some of the stocks were coming out and they're not, um, there's not as mm. many companies that are upping the dividend this time around. Uh -huh. As soon as that came out, they just grabbed that and it was like gold. gold. You know, there's another negative, so let's put that out there. Mm. But it's also times like these, you get the armchair, I was going to say armchair idiots, but I'll say armchair experts, inverted commas, they come out and go, Dale, you said this and it's doing that, and Dale, you said this and it's doing that, and you go, just wait three weeks. And <laughs> you know, I had one guy about five, six, five months ago, four or five months ago, saying, you said this and it, and it's, the market's doing this and this and this, and I go, just wait. And a month mm. later, it was doing exactly what I said. Right. It's not always getting the right timing. You yeah. might be a few weeks out, but the direction is easy to pick mm. if you know what you're doing, and so don't listen to armchair idiots, guys. Um, always have a sage view and actually look at what's really, really happening by looking at the charts. So let's keep moving on because I know we've got a few okay. more things to cover because we've got some articles that I wanted to share with you. I just Googled around some articles and uh, online and the first one, um, if I can get the guys to bring up the image, um, the last time, the, the actual heading on it said last time markets were this high, the GFC came next. Mm -hmm. So what's coming now? Uh, this article was put out on the 25th of July 2019, guys. Guess what happened? Mm. Bullish. Mm. And people would have panicked that one. So the next image uh, that I want to have a bit of a look at, this uh, it was, uh, the image was, uh, or the next image was, um, it says that we are headed for another global financial crisis. Are this we was, headed, yeah. Oh, are we headed for another global financial crisis? This article was brought out in September 15th, uh, sorry, September 9th, 2015. What have I been doing since then? Going bullish. Actually, can we just look at the chart in Optima just to have a go yeah. back to um, our market and then bring up that date? So I'll put it on the weekly chart this time. So it was September 2019, was it? 15. 15? Yeah, we're talking five years ago. Right, so let's go in because that was just after the correction started or mm. what, you know, when that big implosion happened. So that's all that news driving the market down even faster. You can see into mm. that August low. And then it just went sideways. So they're still trying to push it mm. uh, and get more out of it. But the market just gradually went up because it, it had already exhausted a lot of the sellers in, the, in that prior move. But that's all those away. And this is what I want to tell people about is when you start getting headlines like this, that means the bottom's happening. Mm. It may not be that week or that month. It might be within a few months. And it happened in 87. It happened in 2009. Yeah. We saw yes. this as well. We saw articles saying blah, Came blah, blah. Came out in blah, January. Like mm. Yep. So we saw all of this sort of stuff happening. Happen. And as soon as we started seeing it, we know fake news, people don't know what they're talking about, it's mm. bottoming out time to start looking at getting in. 
um, from that. So let's look at the next one now. So we'll go up uh, the next one, uh, our, our, our next image says, the headline says, don't be fooled by the latest stock market rally. This was put out on the 14th of May last year. Right, so okay, let's go and have a look at the 14th of May on the chart last year. Let's go and have a look at it. So that's just totally bullish. Look it's at just it. totally Completely bullish. bullish. Mm. So this is what I'm saying is guys, when you look at newspapers and you're looking at the media watching the TV, um, and I, I have this joke um, that I've never met a rich journalist, um, and so, and and, and while, whilst journalists, I do respect what they do, but they're getting their, their information from the big end of town, mm -hmm. whose whole and sole purpose is to really make you emotional, so you just sell into what they want or buy into what they want. That's pretty much what it is. So, um, so don't buy into the news. When you see these inflammatory type of statements, they're generally negative. Just go and have a look at a chart. Just look at the overall direction to see yeah. where the market's headed, and that's going to tell you straight away whether it is or not. Yeah, and you just bring it down onto a stock if they do the same sort of thing on a stock that you own. Just have a quick look at a chart. Is it going up? Is it going down? If you're not sure, print up the chart, hand it to a six-year-old. They'll tell you exactly what's going on. Always be thinking about their motivation. Mm. What is the motivation for writing that article? Mm. It's to drive mm. prices in a, in a different direction to create mm. volatility, and often they don't care which direction it goes in mm. uh, because they're just looking to make a few percent, as Dale was saying. Cool. So don't be emotional. Be logical. Have yep. some solid rules around things. All right, now let's get back into the chat, shall we? Ooh. It's time again. It'll bring up the charts. Mesoblast. Mesoblast. Yeah, Colin, Colin's wanting Mesoblast. Okay. He says, I'll find him. Uh, what's a, your view on Mesoblast? I don't understand why a company that is pioneering stem cell research shares are falling steeply. Is it a buy at these levels? Well, look, I would say that it's not falling steeply. I'd say that we're past the point of the bottom looking mm. at this year. It looks like a nice bottom. Um, oh, that's a funny thing to say, isn't it? Past your to bottom. Us, we always talk about bottoms and tops, okay? So that's just a common terminology. I've mm. just got to clear the air here and make sure that you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so here you can see on the chart again, <laughs> this is a bottoming pattern. And then off that bottom, we're seeing a nice rise. So I would say that it appears that the bottom's over and that it's actually on the way up. So yeah. to me, that looks quite good. Problem is with stocks like these, they can reverse really quickly. So you have to understand the beast here and looking at this stock, a quick reversal in, in price, in one month it can be down 32%. So you can really get yourself into strife mm. with these types of shares. Have a look at the weekly moves and a similar sort of scenario, but we'll just break it down here. A big fall there that happened, 29% mm. down. Now, of course, it can go the other way, but up in stairs and down in elevators is the quick way to think about the share market. So mm. Mesoblast, I would say long-term, I like it, but this is what we call a big accumulation thing happening here where smart money's picking the stock up. So yeah. um, don't get... I don't don't get hooked on the mm. sector itself. Not I'm not don't just That's mean. That's a good point. I don't mean necessarily the stem cell research area. I mean just anything. You know, like as mm. I said earlier, Janine, I don't care what the name is on the top of the chart. We don't care what industry on. We look at the chart. Is it liquid? Is it is it giving us good uh, ways to enter and exit? Is it something that's safe for us to trade? What they do is largely irrelevant to Janine and I. We're looking at direction and strength. That's what we look for. And if they're in a good sector like stem cell research, that's fantastic. Or whether they're in electric vehicles or whether they're in lithium or whatever they're in, we don't really mind. And you get a lot of research on that, but it doesn't always translate into a good stock price. Mm. Um, because sometimes when you're getting into these research type companies, 
there's a lot of expenditure doing into that research, so you won't find it's going to get into that point of view. But yeah, and often when the news the comes out about those stories, it can mm. be peaks. There's Correct. so many times we've had people ring us up and say, look, should I buy more of the stock? And we've it's just an heard a news report come out, and I remember one person telling me that they've got a huge position in their portfolio in this particular speculative share, yeah. and the next thing it turns and plummets. Uh, you know, okay, that's, question. Mm -hmm. How many times have you seen an announcement that a stock's had an all-time record profit and it's fallen 20% in the next months afterwards? Lots. How many times have you heard a stock in the newspaper saying it's hit record lows and it's risen up for the next six months? Yeah. Just as many. So that's mm. what I'm saying is about uh, being being a contrarian on those sorts of things. This is again where fake news comes out of it because when's the best time to sell something when everybody else wants to buy it? So yeah. what do you do to create that? Put out all this great news announcement. We've done this. We've made this. We've made this discovery. Every man, woman, dog and child who doesn't understand the market properly will go and buy it and the big entertainers are selling into it. And if you're getting free information from brokers, what will happen is they will be sending th these recommendations to their A-list clients months mm. before you've actually even heard about it. And what they'll be doing is they'll mm -hmm. be trying to offload some stock and putting news reports out about it when the stock's already risen strongly. So just have a look at the chart always. <laughs> Good question though, maybe a really, one, really yeah. good question. Next one's for Stevie, he wants RWC. I don't think Stevie had a question, so. Okay. Um, now, hope you don't mind me calling you Stevie, mate, so. Yeah, that's getting a bit personal, oh, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It is, but all right. we're all friends here, aren't we? We are. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Unless you punch me, then I'm not friends. Okay, enough of that. Now looking at the chart there, you can see Reliance Worldwide Corporation Limited, RWC, looks like a bit of a mess. That's all I can say on the charts at the moment. So if your data is actually correct, um, Dale, and hopefully it is, I'm just going to do a quick check on you. So there's um, week ending 21st of February and this is this week. This stock has actually dropped. Let's have a look. I think he might be, he might be right. So let's have a look and we can see it dropped 24% there quickly. So is that what he was referring to there in his... In his um, no, he didn't ask a question. He just had a look at it. Yeah, look, I mean, it's not a stock that I would even be looking at now that it's done that. It, it looks like a bit of a mess personally. Um, and it would be a while. It might bounce back to try and fill up, fill that gap that's been um, on the weekly chart there. In the short term, it may bounce back and try to head closer towards the 385 mark. However, um, it can always go lower once it's done something like that. So that's RWC. Now we had a question about the energy sector. Somebody brought that up. Yes, Samuel, what do we think of the energy sector? So that's what they're asking about. Now look, generally I like the energy sector. It, it has been one of my favourites for ages, but I would say this month is starting to change my whole perspective on the sector, given how far it's fallen. So at, at times, uh, we're going to be wrong. We have to actually say, okay, but my preferred view was wrong. Now I've got to go back and look at what my alternate view is. Students that come through our courses, they learn that you need to be flexible and nimble when you're analysing stocks and markets and you have to have two views before you enter the stock. So it's not about saying, okay, afterwards, um, this is what I think now. Um, we always document what we think the upside's going to be and what we think the downside's going to be if the stock or market falls away. Now, if uh, the energy sector starts to push back up really quickly, and I can't see that it getting above this high here in the short term, but if it does, it could hover around around about that 11,100 or 200 mark for a little while uh, before it 
trundles lower. If it takes out this low here, we know that the energy sector is going lower. And that could be a much bigger decline that we're going to see on across the board on the energy sector. But this sector has been known to produce some really weird formations. You can see there, after the all-time high when the GFC hit, it actually went sideways in a very volatile scissor-like fashion. We could be seeing a bit more of that now. So it doesn't mean right now that it's going down. Like I said, if it takes out that low in, I think it's August, then it's more likely to keep falling. So that's the summary on the energy cool. sector at the moment. Um, are you finished? Finished. Okay, cool. For the guys about, I know there's some questions about the my presentation in two weeks at the ATAA. It's live. It's not being recorded, televised, whatever else. You need to be there. Don't ask questions on the chat. As I, as I said very, very clearly, send an email to info at wealthwithin.com.au put live chat a live presentation in the title and we'll send you the details so did you just give them a little well bit I did they need to be slapped because they need to listen don't they oh my <laughs> see now you know what I have to put up with <laughs> well you don't listen anytime <laughs> okay you don't all right then so what are we up to now We've so got if you're not in Melbourne you're not there you're not going to see it basically that's what I'm saying Okay, we've still got some oh, time. We've got some more questions. Let's get going. Okay, so LVT for Chip. Now, I'll read his question. Chip says, Hi, Dale and Janine. I'm currently in Module 5 of the Diploma course. Thanks, Maddie. Um, I'm talking to a friend about live times, LVT. In a couple of days, can you have a look at the charts of this penny dreadful? Okay, he's telling oh. me I've got to be efficient and put more than one chart up, and then you just give me one. Uh, no, you got. well, you had a whole lot of them written down there. You could have done it. Let's not have a domestic in front of All right, here I we go. I gave you a new chair. Okay, well, we you did. And I'm really excited about putting my own chair together. Um, uh, Livetes, is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I think LVT, I'll stick with that one. Live okay, I've been told to hurry up. So let's look at the chart here. We can see that it's it's a really basic formation that we're mm. seeing on the chart. Now, when, I, when you look at a chart, it's about following the bouncing ball. What I mean by that is there are big moves and there are small moves. So there's a small move there and there's a big move here. And often the interesting thing about this is, remember I talked about the Doppler effect some time ago, is that you can get small moves within the bigger moves that look very similar. So patterns do repeat in markets and that's what you'll learn when you come across and, and um, walk through that door and start out one of our courses. Now, looking at the way that this stock's unfolding more recently, it does look a bit weak. It really needs to start pushing back up um, towards the end of the month and there's not much time left because we could be seeing the stock slide a little bit lower before the decline's finished. It may be pretty close to the low. That's what I'm looking at here. Look at the liquidity. So let's go and okay, have a look at a weekly or daily chart. Yeah, so looking at the volatility on the weekly chart there, we can see a big move down to this week, which is sort of indicating that it's more probable that we're going to see this low taken out in January. However, if it trundles back up to the top of the week, then it's still got an opportunity to rise from here. But look, it doesn't look too bad, even though this week's down. Um, but it's not a, the sort of stock that I'd be interested in. Look at the volatility no. on it. It's too illiquid. Are you wanting to have a look at the volume on that? Um, if I go and bring up um, volume on the tools, I can see that the volume will be... Um, and I haven't got volume there. Why is that? There you go down the bottom there. I'll just, just go and grab it manually. Okay, yeah. so if I put volume on the bottom of the chart, well, you can see there... Um, the volume has more recently had spike, what we call spike volume. So there's a lot of stock changing hands there on the week ending of the 7th of February. Now, if I put the crosshair on the, the chart there, you can see that that week of the rise, there was a massive amount of volume going through there. So someone's picking up the stock mm. towards the bottom 
Um, it doesn't mean necessarily that it's going to go up after this, but the volatility that's across the board on the market at the moment might just be putting it out a little bit and it mm. may eventually go back up again. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's it's a speculative stock in terms of, uh, I'm assuming, Chip, that your mate doesn't have a lot of knowledge about trading the market. So, Well, a very small um, amount per week, like you say. Look, it's 7 million units mm. traded in a week across there. Well, that's what I was going to suggest. Get out your, get out your calculator and <laughs> type in 7 million times 30 cents and yeah. what do you get? And not a huge amount of money no. um, trading in the stock. So let's go and look at another one. So okay. not good news for you, Chip. TTT, um, that's like the Audi, isn't it? T Triple T, 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 T Audi. Oh yeah, you um, want one of those, don't you? Amit, <laughs> no. um, seven. Let's go and have a look at Amit. And basically, he said, "Hi, Dale. What about TTT?" So okay, TTT looks, looks like it's terrible. been pretty bearish. <laughs> okay, that's Next. your technical term for it. But it actually may be forming a bottom right now. So it's possible, but there's, it's too early to say just yet. So I'd just say, look, yeah. in the too hard basket right at the moment. Now, Todd wants to know about your thoughts on gold. He says, I love Janine's view on gold because he likes you. He doesn't like me. He just okay, said, Dale, he said, Janine. Um, he says he wants your gold and gold miners short term, as I understand. Mm. Um, he's understand you keep up with the commodity markets. So. Look, gold, I mean, it's been, it's really performed well over time and it, it's got a reasonable amount of upside potential. But it's very volatile and gold mining stocks are some of the most volatile stocks on our market. So you really have to be nimble if you're trading those types of shares. They're definitely not a buy and hold. Go and have a look at a chart of Newcrest Mining. That's a good example. You can make some good money out of that trading short to medium term. Um, medium to long term even, it's done quite nicely more recently, but it's had a bit of a sell off. So I would say it's a definitely, they're definitely stocks to have on your watch list. But if you're experienced, not um, for the inexperienced, and I don't believe in putting gold in the bottom drawer. It's one thing that Dale and I had a big debate about some years ago was, um, you know, holding gold as a, a, a commodity versus actually buying the stock. So you don't get any income when you're holding gold, a bar of gold. Because I used to um, come into the show with a, a gold nugget around my neck mm. um, and used to make fun of me for that. <laughs> I make fun of you about anything, don't I? Oh, yes, and it's getting quite warm in here too, by the way. I oh, know, that's just me, my magnetic personality. The director's stolen our fan. He has, he's stolen our mm. fan. i got a couple of comments here that I thought, there's so many comments on this, I'm not oh, going to get... We're definitely not going to get to all the stocks, guys. We've got about five minutes, so you put those stock codes in. And I've got, a, I've got a couple of... Sensei Shredder, Shredder said, when it's question time, can you brief, briefly explain what is the S&P ASX All Technology Index? and how does it work? Just go to the ASX matey and they'll tell you, or S&P, go to s&pstandardandpause.com.au and go and look at it yourself and it'll have all the criteria there, what it is, how they do it, how it all works. Um, if In you other words, he's saying, do your own research. You do your own research. Politely. Because <laughs> uh, it just would take so too long for us to yeah. sit here and explain all the different intricacies. And I haven't actually gone to the ASX and looked at it myself. So I just knew it launched. I wasn't that interested in what mm. the constituents are and everything else, but go and do that. Um, okay. Smith Stone says, hi, what do you feel about wax shares, please? Um, buy on dip or wait um, as overvalued. Wax shares are the Australian version of the fang stocks. So, That's so your little favourite pet, isn't it? Wax fang stocks. Yes. I just like the word. You love fang. talking about it. Um, fang stocks. Um, basically... Don't put them in a group, matey. Again, Janine and I will look at them individually and mm. say buy on a dip. We never buy on dips. We buy on, on confirmation, not speculation. Just buying for something because it drops doesn't mean it's a good thing to buy because you could be catching a falling life like we saw last week a few times, 
And pretty much every week we almost see somebody buying something that's a falling knife. So buy mm. on something that's good quality. Now the WAC shares, some of those are good. Like Zero is the number one share in that new index. It's, yep. it's the top one app and we looked at it earlier. That's number 10 on that list. So there's some good quality shares in there, but there's also some rubbish in there. So just buy on good quality rules, not just because something drops out of bed or you believe it's become overvalued. Because um, what is overvalued? True. You know, from that All right. point of view. Whatever the market's um, not willing to pay. So REA mm. Group, looking at that. Uh, so this was actually by yeah, John. By John. Thanks, John, for bringing up this stock. This has done really well. Really nice trending stock there, you can see. And it's kept making new highs. I'd say, looking at it, the, the sell-off this week, that it's probably going to have a little bit of a, a slowdown. It already is underway. I would say um, potentially it's probably starting to break a trend line and if it does actually break that trend it may come down short term. If we see it recover back above this high here which is the high in October 2019 then I'd expect it to be on its way again. So um, that's REA but long term it's been looking quite nice for anyone who has had that one. Now West Farmers, oh this is one of our favourite stocks West Farmers. It's, it's done George. extremely well. George, good, um, good pick there if you've been in this stock for a while. Um, did George have any comment to say? Or he's just um, what do you think in... about getting into Wes Farmers? I'd say no. No, if you're not in it now, I wouldn't be buying it. I mean, it's your decision at the end of the day, but again, the stock's falling away, so you know what we talk about. See the nice trend, the angle of that trend. If I've got a bit of a trend line there, oh, you've, you haven't put a trend line up. Is that because you don't want me to draw any? That is, isn't it? You're yeah, correct. You're from drawing I'm them. just, I'm, I'm limiting look, your... George, if he's limiting me here. If you can just see the angle of that trend going up there, you can see this pullback has started to push that line. And once it breaks the angle of that trend, then we could see it start to fall away further. So right now, if you're not in it, then I wouldn't be picking it up. Um, it's got a nice gap there on the weekly, so it may rebound to that level. Let's just wait and see. But S7 um, Group Holdings is another one, and that was by um, Jean... Is that Jean? Jean Jenny Bean. Jenny Bean, okay. S-B-W. Not Jelly Bean. No, Jenny Bean, Jenny I think Bean, it is. Jenny Bean, is yeah, it? Yeah, something okay, like. okay. Look, apologies if we've actually um, spelt that incorrectly. Seven Group Holdings, um, SVW again. You can see that it's been really doing well it's, since it's come off this low here. A bit volatile, which you'd expect for a stock of this sort of liquidity. But more recently, it's just a bit of a mess. So if, if you didn't own it, I wouldn't be buying it. And if you held it, you want to have some really good rules on it because if it starts to slip back and heads back down to about $17, then it's going south. So that's the only risk I see at the moment is, is whether it will come back there. Mm -hmm. And the telltale would be if it takes out this low here in December 2019, it's more likely to keep going for a little while. Mm. So that's Seven West Media. So how are we going for time? Um, I think that was the last stock. I don't think we're allowed to have any more. So the oh, producer's saying... <laughs> Cut, your okay. cut, cut it off, no more stocks. Just to, can I just wrap up a tiny little bit? Why not? Because I know a lot of people are still wondering about our thoughts on the market a little bit. And, mm. I, and I'm going to urge you guys to just shut off the media because I know in two months' time we're going to be talking about coronas, but it'll be about what you're buying at the pub, not mm. necessarily about viruses and what's happening at the market. And I'm so confident of that. And Janine would be exactly the same. We've seen this time and time and time and time again. Mm. Right now, that's why we have rules. So looking at my book and looking at stop loss rules, we just exit um, and get out, protect our capital, put it in. If it is a little bit worse, it protects you all of the time. But going to the market with no rules and no structure 
man, you're going to be emotional and you're going to make emotional decisions. And I've seen a few of them on this chat chat tonight, mm. a few people making emotional decisions. So, But it doesn't but, mean that if, if stocks do fall, it doesn't mean that all of them are going to fall. No. But, but if stocks do recover, it doesn't mean that all of them are going to recover. Correct. So that's the whole point, isn't it? Because mm. these times can be what I call, it can be a bit of a washout and, mm. and really test the stocks that are going to rise and test those ones that are going to fall away. And it just tells you what was going to happen and you just have to respond rather than react. That's all. Yeah, listen to my podcast. I've got a couple of podcasts coming up in the next couple of weeks. And one's okay. on fear okay. um, and fear in the market and the market moves. Because if you have fear when you're in the marketplace, then that's just a real big sign that you don't know enough. Uh, because at the end of the day, my mum always said, it's not what happens, it's how you handle it. Though. If you understand the market goes up, how are you going to handle it? If it goes down, how are you going to handle it? Then there's no fear. You just know what to do. Mm. So that's pretty much what we're saying. So. All right then, so next week we've got another topic to really get you thinking and it's top secret so we cannot disclose what it is until the day know. of the event. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and thank you for participating. We've um, had a fantastic time, especially with some really great stocks coming up, not just and little penny stocks, there's a really, good, really good mix. But you forgot to tell them to subscribe to the channel, so hit the big red button now, subscribe to the channel. Also hit like, give us the big thumbs up because um, we do like to see the show continue to grow and remember... Please share it on your social Actually, media with your, your friends. Actually, it's your week this week because I pumped it up last week and, right, and your wife told me I got a result. It's the person in control of the teleprompter that controls all of that. Don't you know that? So remember, hit the subscribe button, hit the like, give us a big thumb up, thumbs up, put it on your social media. Thanks, guys. Remember to make sure that you put this show into your calendar as we'll be right back here on YouTube Live every Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Now remember, we're always happy to receive your questions. So we had some fantastic ones tonight. So send them through to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type in the subject line, just type Wealth Within Live. Did you like how fast I went there? I know, I had to remember that. Well, that brings <laughs> us to the end of the show again and we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as we have. And as always, thank you for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Good and good luck with putting that chair together. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.